A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is one. We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin! Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and joining me as ever are Steve Hitchcock. Hi, Steve. Hi, Danny. Hi, everyone. Hi, Larry. And James Larry Luscombe. How you doing? Good, thank you. So, yeah, these are the playoffs. Well, this is uh, episode two. Um, after a long hiatus since the last episode, um, I know you've all been feverishly waiting for us to come back. Um, wondering when the next one is and here it is um so what are the playoffs uh well and how does it all work uh, so in each episode we pick two golden age hip-hop albums to compete against each other in a straight up head-to-head contest um the two albums are, are chosen by uh, each of us in turn according to a theme or just two albums that we want to talk about uh and then we discuss the albums and rate them uh using the tried and trusted true score system we'll tell you a bit more about that in a minute and uh, at the end we vote for the album that we want to be our winner simple um in this episode the two albums battling it out are uh, intelligent hoodlums tragedy saga of a hoodlum from 1993 and organized confusion from 1991 their self-titled debut album um so those are the albums uh, these two albums were chosen by steve um steve do you want to talk about why you chose these these two for us to talk about in this episode uh yeah i, I kind of like just Went and had a good look at some early 90s albums, ones that I'd never listened to before. Uh, so I was looking at albums uh, by King T, The Coop, uh, Inner City uh, Griot, Godfather Don, UMCs. Uh, so I gave them all a, a listen. Uh, but the two that I was kind of like drawn to more than those was uh, was uh, the Intelligent Hoodlum, Hoodlum album, only because um, I like some of the stuff he, he did later on in the 90s as, as Tragedy Gaddafi and um, an organised confusion of always kind of like uh, being a group that I've been interested in but never really had the chance to listen to them. So, you know, Ferry Monch has, has, has had some like good stuff later in the 90s that I was kind of into uh, but never kind of went back and listened to his early stuff. So, uh, so after a kind of quick listen of those two albums i thought yep yeah, let's go for them they sound good and um and i think they are actually nice and yeah we should should just say that i mean the way it's working out at the moment is that we're trying to pick albums that we kind of haven't heard before or perhaps ones that i don't know some of us haven't heard or or just ones that we think there's a lot to say and we haven't really had a chance to talk about and we didn't touch upon in the first series of hip-hop world cup so these are all albums that we haven't talked about before so Larry, have you you've had a chance to check these two albums out? What are your kind of overall thoughts on the choice and and the albums? Yeah, I think um, they're it's they're kind of two acts which um, most kind of hip hop heads will kind of know and love. I think, but for me, for one reason or other, they just passed me by at the time. So yeah, it was interesting to have a reason to go back and listen to them yeah absolutely yeah i mean full disclosure i i was very familiar with one of them the, the intelligent hoodlum album um, right but which i have seems like seems like your kind of album yeah yeah and i'll get into 
to why I bought it in the first place and stuff later on. But um, Organized Confusion was one that I'd never heard before. Just one of those that went under the radar, you know, um, and I'm aware of their standing within the hip hop world. But uh, but yeah, just, just slipped under the radar. I think perhaps we were a little bit too young at the time for it to sort of really get on top of all the hip hop that was coming out. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised you hadn't revisited it, Steve, because you're kind of, you're one to kind of go back to these things, aren't you? Yeah, it's interesting. You said, I honestly don't know how, how either of these albums got passed over by me either. I don't know. Doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah. I'm very very pleased to to have spent you know the last last month or so listening yes. to these. Absolutely, yes, and what a great way to redress the balance and sort of check them out properly. So, um, helping us along our way as we um, as we talk about the albums and, and assess them uh, is the, uh, the highly sophisticated True Score system um, that um, we've been using through most of uh, Hip Hop World Cup. We've actually they've actually taken over the podcast now, so we are contractually obliged to use the True Score system. Uh, Larry, I know you've uh, invested a lot of money in yeah. in the True Score well, software. Um, yeah, it's a considerable amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's um, only right that you should talk us through kind of how True School works. Yeah. Um, well, we've had to, we've all had to use the desktop version, haven't we? This yeah. time around, there's been some issues with the um, with the mobile app. I think last time we spoke, I had some pretty big news in that it was going to come pre-installed on, on all Nokia handsets going forward, and, and that kind of that that rollout was really successful. I think, um, yeah. Th- I mean, there are dozens and dozens of people that have got access to it now but the, as you two will be aware there have been some issues just kind of um minor issues really with the app accessing some people's bank accounts through their nokia um handsets um so yeah so that's all been ironed out now it's going through it's going through the courts currently um, should be all sorted out by next episode, I'm hoping. And um, once I get back from my holiday in Barbados, we'll um, hopefully be able to just get get it all sorted out. Fantastic. So we're, we're okay to use it in, you know, it's not under some sort of uh, court order or anything. We no, have, no, we, no, we it's use fine. It to... As long as we only use the desktop version, that should be safe. Yeah. It's only the Nokia version that accesses people's bank accounts accidentally right stuff well thanks for clearing that up um so i mean i don't fully understand how it works but i think a basic explanation is that we give each track on on the albums a score out of five yeah. oh sorry the true score does it using algorithms yes Gives each track a score out of five and it's got calculated an average is taken i don't really understand it's quite complicated technology and at the end you get a number and it helps you assess which is the better album although it's not you know, we are not obliged to follow the score that comes it's out. Ad, it's it's advisory, advisory yeah. only. Advisory only. I mean, we should probably make that clear. Something else just to mention before we get stuck into these albums, uh, just to ensure that everything is fair and above board, we have an official adjudicator here with us in the studio. Uh, this week, it's John Barnes, ex-England winger. How are you doing, John? Hi, how are you doing? Great. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to be overseeing everything and uh, making sure that we are above board and doing everything properly. That's great stuff. So let's delve into the albums, shall we? The first one on the slab is um, Tragedy, Saga of a Hoodlum by Intelligent Hood. 
hoodlum uh, from 1993. Um, so just on the Wikipedia page, it's his second album. He brought out um, the first album, Intelligent Hoodlum, in 1990. It's largely produced by a guy called KDEF. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the work of KDEF. He's um, a hugely underrated producer. Um, it kind of comes from the House of Hits, Marley Mile. It's kind of stable. And um, he's done stuff uh, for Lords of the Underground, groups like Real Live. And there was an, as an, a remix he did um, by a person called Nonchalant, called Five O'Clock. It was an amazing remix he did of that back in the day. Um, but yeah, most of the albums produced by him. It's him um, and Marley, isn't it? Yeah, Marley's involved in a lot of them. There's a lot of co-production. Hmm. But I think it's largely, I, I think what, I reckon it was kind of like Marley Marl, this is his protege. And I think he's, you know, yeah. obviously let him lead on it, but with, with a bit of flavor for Marley Marl. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a really, really good sort of 1993 album, you know, very much of its time. Let's start with you, Steve. What are your kind of what are your initial thoughts on this album? Yeah, I really like it. I think it's a it's a really good album. When I first listened to it, it kind of like got me hooked straight away because it's got it's got quite a nice funky start. Um, some really nice kind of samples as, as as you go through, and I think he's a he's a pretty decent um, uh, rapper. So you know, without going into ind- individual tracks, I think overall it's it, it it's a really decent album. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a really good album, really solid. I think it's one of those where there aren't that many skippers, you know, there, there's not many ones that you just kind of fast forward. Um, it's solid pretty much all the way through. I mean, back in the day, the, the track that got me interested in this album was the, the Posse, uh, Shoot em Up, yeah. which um, I wasn't a vinyl buyer back in the day, but I loved this track so much. I think, again, it was one of the ones they played on MTV Raps. Um, I had to buy the 12-inch just to have it because I loved it so much. Um, absolutely amazing track, and I was really interested in it from that. So I, I, I bought it, and it's um, it's one of the well, one of the best tracks on this album. I reckon I absolutely yeah. adore it. Um, really nice the, chunky beats. On yeah, it, the thing I would say about it is they're some of the biggest drums I've ever heard in my life on this track. Yeah, um, huge beat, and um, I was trying to work out what it was, and I didn't realise, but it's the the um, the five stair steps don't change your love break. Really famous drums, but they've kind of chopped it up, pitched it down, and beefed it up quite a lot. And um, just just huge, huge drums, but the sample's great as well. And also the subject matter of the track is just like I'd never heard anything like that before. You know, talking about black cowboys and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And his delivery on it really hard, really, you know, relentless, but also insightful and, and sort of educational because you know you learn a lot about black cowboys you just didn't really know before. So, so yeah, that that's my that's my standout on the album. Larry, what do you what are your thoughts on that track? I really like, yeah, it's one of the ones that I kind of marked out as, um, yeah, probably one of the best three or four tracks. I just, yeah, nice, lovely, chunky beat, really sort of stripped down production. Um, and I like the overall, like, sound of the album. I think the drums, especially, are just really nice and raw um, and really nice sample selection as well. Lots of sort of organs and pianos and horns. That kind of well, it's almost it's a bit reminiscent of Beat Nuts, I thought, in some places. I don't know, kind of, if if you think that's a bit of a mad opinion or yeah, no, I think that's a good good shout. Actually, they're kind of contemporaries of you know of K Def and, and that sort of thing. Similar I can imagine, of... I can imagine some of the tracks on like the like the Curious album and things like yeah, things like that. Well, there's a very 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 Beat Nutsy track called At Large. Yes. Um, which has kind yeah. of got that yeah. that beat nuts descending filtered bass line and the yeah. horns and the looped horn yeah. very yeah. very beat nutsy yeah, yeah definitely yeah and that's a good shout actually that's a good Pop shout head nodder. yeah Steve what's your standout on this on the album 
But yeah, definitely, the, the posse is definitely a standout. And it, but I, I also think that kind of brings me to like my main my main criticism of uh, of uh, I was going to call him Tragedy Gaddafi then, but Intelligent Hoodlum is that he he can rap really hard on that track because you know the beat's really good and he and he's chosen some really good subject matter. I think on the rest of the album, his his rapping is just he's a he, he can rap really well, but his like actually what he's rapping about just doesn't kind of elevate it like high enough in my opinion I, I think like looking at my true scores he gets like threes and threes and a half for like um all of the tracks apart from the posse and also grand groove because I, I just I, I love that track as well I mean, that's that's probably my my second favorite oh, that's one. interesting we'll come back to that because i've got a bit of a different opinion on that yeah me yeah. too yeah i think if, if he if he if he raps about more interesting stuff he, like, he can get his teeth into he, he's it's a that's where he kind of shines. I just wish his other tracks had that kind of same. I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's not, it's not like like the lyrical content isn't massively memorable. But I think he's a very listenable rapper. He's got a, he's got a yeah. good he's got a good like old school voice and doesn't really put a foot wrong in terms of his his style. I think he's got like quite simple flows and cadences, but in that kind of good kind of old school yeah. way. I think it's just something you. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's good. It's good, but not great, isn't it? He flows really nicely, but nothing yeah. ever stands out. And I think you go through the whole of the album. There's probably nothing there you think has has been quoted in another track. Whereas if you listen to the organised, there are a, I don't know. There are a couple. There are a couple. Yeah, there. maybe a couple. But compared to like organised confusion, where like in every track it's been you know sampled. But some, I think sometimes I think that just jumping ahead to organic confusion, I think sometimes they're just a bit too clever for their own good sometimes, some of these groups. Yeah. Sometimes you want something just a bit more kind of basic and a bit more sort of rappy, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. How could you be too clever for your own good? No, but, I mean, but like, yeah, no, they're, they're good. But like this, like Intelligent Hoodlum, he's like, like Larry says, he's a very good rapper. He's sort of in it's the pocket. Mu- it's musical, isn't musical. it? He gets the beat, he flows, he's sort of, he's on on point. He's just a very easy listenable rapper. And yeah, he's not yeah, it's not yeah. that basic. I mean there's some really nice wordplay and some really nice sort of stuff going on with his with his lyrics. But he sits on the beat really nicely and it's just got that ninety three sound it's, to an, it. it's an old school it's like a bit of an MC Shan kind of yeah thing. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's it's like it is quite a good evolution of that kind of MC Shan and Marley Mal. Yeah kind of um yeah. combination it's like a slightly modernized version yeah he's, there's that, a lot of braggadocious lot of braggadocious stuff a lot of bragging a lot of i'm this on that you know and we are in 1993 at the end of the day i, I mean I'm, maybe i'm sounding overcritical because i do think he is a good rapper but i just think he could be better because i think the posse just shows yeah I, I, I think that i think that, i think that's what stops it from being like a classic album yeah I think actually, when I can, I think I'd have really liked this if I had it at the time. Um, yeah, I think I, I would have, I think I would have really kind of had a lot more of an attachment to it. And when I look at the albums that we reviewed for 1993, yeah. in retrospect, I think this is kind of stronger than some of them. Like I'd, I'd much rather listen to this than like the Cam album from that year, for example. I yeah. think it's like I think I think it's quite you could quite easily say it's a top like 10 1993 album. I think for me. Yeah, yeah I think, it is yeah, for me now. I completely, I completely but agree. But I think the lyricism or the lack of it just stops stops it short from being like a proper 
top fiver or and and therefore making it to kind of classic status but it but it is like it's a proper head nodder yeah but like the thing about the lyrics is that what, there are a few where he does turn his attention to like a subject or he does yeah, something like, and, death, and when he does death that row is death good. row um yeah. what's the other one street life um yeah. where he actually he starts telling stories and he actually he, he, he raps about something yeah and i think that's when he actually really comes into his own like like just yeah, thinking about street life is one of my favorite on this on this album because I just love the way he rhymes and the way he sits on the beat, the, the rhyme scheme and the flow he's got on that on that track. The beat's great as well; it's quite laid back, quite funky. But really the way, he's, back, yeah, the way he sits on it and tells those stories, I just re- I love it. I just think it's really good and in the, in the, it's a really compelling live bass line. Um, I, I, I would almost argue the same with the production on this album. There's, it is probably just solidly average, good but not great on most tracks. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Grand? Because I I rated Grand Groove as my second favorite track for production and for rapping. Did, See, did you, did you I, I my personal opinion is that they should have just because there's the the Grand Groove like remix, isn't there, at the end with the with the Patrice Russian sample. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah the bo- like the bonus mix, I would have just put that in as the main mix, and that, oh, that's, no, one, that's one of no, the best. That's no. one of the best. You know, you can't go wrong with that that sample, can you? I, I, think, I think I, I think like the original Grand Groove sample is just quite quite boring. Yeah, it's an Isaac. It's an so Isaac what, yeah, Isaac Hayes um, Ike's mood samples. So what do you like about Grand Groove than the original, Steve? I, I, well, I, I love I love um, I love the sample. I love I love that Isaac Hayes track, and I think it does get it can get a bit repetitive. But I, I don't know, it just kind of grown on me over time. And I think the rapping on it's good. I think it's solid. I've, I've actually given it. It's got four out four out of five for me. That's interesting. I, I've given it a two. Um, yeah, it's a two. It's a two point five for me. But here's why. Um, it's um, like don't, don't get me wrong. The, the, it's like the emotional lyrics. It's nicely delivered. And it's a nice sentiment to it about you know dead relatives or whatever. It's that obligatory dead relatives, dead homies track. Um, but it just uh, the actual music, the beats, or bores me. It's just like a really yeah. la- lazy loop. Just takes that piano bit and just plays it over and over again. A bit repetitive. Um, and yeah, I just it, for me, it's just a sort of a low point of the album. And it was a single, you know, back in back in the nineties, it was one of the singles which always um, fascinated me. Um, but yeah, that like you say, that, Larry, makes, that makes me feel better because uh, we obviously always disagree on tracks. But yeah, it was a single, so it can't be that bad. No, exactly. They obviously thought it was good. Um, but I, again, I also prefer the um, you know the, the remix, the, the the Grand Groove bonus mix, because um, it's got that remind me sample for the millionth time in hip hop. And also, just it's it's probably equally had it, as late. Had it been had it been used lots at that point? Uh, yeah, I'd heard it around quite a lot at that point. I think it's right. used quite a lot afterwards as well. Yeah. But it was like one. Of, you know, we're talking about the Isaac Hayes loop being quite lazy. This is probably yeah. just a step up in laziness because it's got yeah. this the skull snaps break under the Patrice Russian sample. But it's just such. But it's such a good. But like, it works. Remind me is such a good song that you just yeah. can't mess it, it up. Can it you? works and it's so much better than the original. But you know, horses for courses. And then there's also on the track before that pass past the tech mm. is it got the i think it's got the same organ lick from a black sheep track but again i might be might be wrong a lot of these same samples are being kind of used yeah i mean a lot of stuff at the time that, that's a good point i mean this this album is kind of like an a to z of uh, of samples and breaks and drums and all that sort of thing yeah. like it's it's got you know if you, you can tick them off almost as you go through the album and also it's it's basically a lou donaldson remix album because there's so many tracks that right. sample Lou Donaldson it's like Pot Belly Oats Billy Joe it's your thing like going through the 
the liner notes of the CD. It's kind of, and it's like a very blue note kind of album. Um, yeah. And also, you know, you've got um, all the familiar drum breaks. Like I said, the the, uh, the stair steps break. You've got skull snaps on there. You've got synthetic substitution on there somewhere. I heard. Yeah. Um, but then everybody was using them. Um, Back then, you, just, you, know, you, so you can't you can't get that's just all classic stuff isn't yeah it? that's, it that's is, why it that's why these are classics is because it yeah. uses all of those sounds exactly that's what we like about it and there's some interesting stuff actually like on on the opening track the shalom Alek, um track that uses that old producer trick of layering the drums from the long red break you know that um right the, the mountain track where he's going louder you know that one that oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, drum yeah, beat yeah. with the, with the yeah. crowds clapping along it's yeah. an old producer trick to take the snare from that and put it under the snare so it kind of cuts through. Um, right. Pete, Pete Rock does it quite a lot. Um, you just put the long red break underneath it, and it kind of get, gives it a bit sort of more of an edge. Okay. Um, and then K Def does it on that track, and um, and he just kind of yeah. And that track is actually quite a good opener. Um, it's just, I, I think you know, the first four tracks are really good. I think it gets the album off to a really good start. I yeah. Really like yeah. Um, uh, you know uh, Underground. That, uh, it's a really great track. Oh yeah. Under- I love I love that. It's kind of I've, it's it rhymes a little bit. It's somewhere between the Beat Nuts and the second House of Pain album. Just those kind of those horns are really infectious. Oh, it's brilliant! Brilliant use of those horns. It just uh, really well the whole of that track. It just I think it just gets the album off to a really good start. Yeah, for me, it's in the conversation for the best track on the album. One of them. Yeah, it's between yeah, that and sort of posse and that. Yeah, the the, the organ samples. And there's a really nice lyric in it as well. I think it's near the start where he goes, "When I peel stills from my brain like a banana." and start dripping red juice like Tropicana like that that's quite good um uh yeah some really nice stuff on that so yeah I think for me like the whole album I would just I really ha- happily have it on like in the background or in the car or something yeah. like that yeah and you don't have to focus too much on it it just you know just a really nice background like head nodder the whole way through pretty much yeah yeah okay. not not much not much to skip on there really this will stay in rotation for me it's it's kind of like uh forms part of my early 1990s hip-hop uh i don't know knowledge and uh, repertoire now like yeah it's funny though like i back in the back when i had it um i I never listened to it much i never really i I didn't love it no i never i just i didn't listen to that often i like when i when i revisited it for this i i heard as soon as every track came on i knew them so well so i obviously kind of did listen to it a bit but that does surprise me because i i think that i would have really liked it yeah i don't know why i just it didn't i think it's an album that you can like but i don't think you're ever gonna love it i just don't think there's it might just be because it was competing with you know doggy style and stuff like that yeah yeah i think it may be and just Wu-Tang doggy style yeah yeah that maybe just it didn't quite deliver what i got from those albums so i just kind of shelved it a bit more but yeah but you know listen to it again now i really do appreciate that it's a solid album that i probably should have given a bit more time back in the day um and just going to just a quick shout out for the the skits the little um interludes the loops um like hoodlum intro and the one at the end the funky roll outro or whatever it's called they're really really good loops not the sort of beats that you could imagine him rapping over but just as little interludes i thought like i I admire where they find these little these little sections of of tracks and just loop them up Come on, y'all. Uh, Set the gang speaking.
Okay, so moving on to the uh, second album going up against uh, Intelligent Hoodlum's uh, tragedy, Saga of a Hoodlum, is uh, Organised Confusion from 1991, their debut album by the Queen's hip-hop duo. Uh, it was released in October 91. Um, got a bit of a cult following this album. Um, obviously not <laughs> not with us because we never really heard it before, but um, <laughs> but it was uh, given four out of five in the source, which um, obviously is quite a quite a good score not a five mica but four out of five is pretty good um and uh yeah and obviously the duo contains very much and prince poe prince poetry to give him his full name and yeah uh, an album from 1991 that kind of went under under all our radars larry let's start with you on this one what are your overall thoughts on this album my my initial thought is that i bet this is like a steve hitchcock kind of album i bet he really likes it am i right steve well, you have to wait and find out. Yeah, <laughs> I just—I think it's—I think it's got your kind of rapping on it, especially. I think it's got the kind, the kind of thing that you would like. I think yeah, um, does, yeah. for me, like the majority of it, like being a little bit flippant, but it's got—it's that kind of high tempo rap music, which whenever I hear it, I picture people with high top fades dancing to it on Dance Energy with Normski with their trousers tucked into their socks and sort of doing that dance where they they, they spin around on, on the spot and things like that. Do you know the kind of music you know yeah, I know the kind of music you mean, Larry, and it's yeah. funny because there's a track on here called Releasing Hypnotical Gases that I it reminds me of a UK hip hop track from that era, the sort <laughs> yeah. of music that you would see those people dancing to yeah. on BBC Two. Yeah. Like Silver Bullet, London Posse. It's that sort of that sort of yeah. tempo. That that kind of high drums. sort of hundred yeah. BPM or something. Yeah, yeah. Really shuffly kind of, you know, tambourines in the background and stuff. Um Yeah. And that's my sort of main takeaway from listening to it, really. Um, I think, just to be completely, you know, I, I never, I never kind of had it at the time. Um, I only sort of really, I think, heard about organised confusion later on, like during like the raucous era when Pharaoh Monch became like a solo artist, and he was like people like really rated him. Um, but I've never been a massive fan of him. I don't really like his voice. Um, I just find it quite strained and grating. And although he's technically really, really good, I just struggle to want to listen to him. I think Prince Poe is much easier on the ear for me. I would have, I would have preferred a solo kind of outing from him, I think. Yeah. What there's one of them that sounds like one of the members of De La Soul. Which one is that? Exactly what yeah, I, yeah Prince Poe. He sounds like Posthumus, doesn't Posternus, he? That's right. Yeah. And in, in fact, I like one of my uh, when I was kind of listening to this and writing my notes. The first thing I wrote is it's quite De La esque. Mm. Yeah. Like the, like lyrically, and the cadences and just his voice. He sounds like I think it's Posthumus. I might be wrong. Yeah. But the music's quite similar as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So that's quite an interesting take then. Yeah. So he's not. It's not as listenable as you perhaps. Certainly want it to not. Be. Farrow Monch mm. isn't. I, I think because um, he's quite I, revered, isn't he? He's quite he's he's really held, up, held up as a I, kind of a great lyricist. That right? I just think like his it, like there's just something about his voice. I just don't. It's a bit. I don't know. Like it's not nasal. It's a bit. I don't know. It's just straight. It just sounds a bit strained and painful to me. 
So what would you, how would you counter that, Steve? How would you, what would you say to that? <laughs> I think it's interesting that Larry's kind of penned this as for an album that I would, uh, I like, because I, I do really like it. And it's, but it, it was weird though, Larry, because actually when I listened to it the first couple of times, didn't like, didn't really like get into it that much. Yeah. It's, just, it's like, it's grown on me like so much. Every time I listen to it, I get more and more into it. And I think it's because uh, the rapping, I think the rapping is just on a, a higher level from um, the, the tragedy album and it's just more complex more intelligent yeah and also i just think like these guys are like really creative like when you're listening to them rap and actually i think you listen to the tracks as well it just it just like draws me in and just makes me want to listen to it more and more and more and every time i listen to it i'm like oh they've just done that and they've just done that and and i had to like go back and check because this is like from 1991 isn't it and i was like yeah is this really a 1991 album? It, it, it just does not feel like it, it should have been out in 91. It, it feels like a, like a late 90s album. Or like I, I, I mean, I was thinking it, it it sounds like a really early version of, of kind of um, like a backpacker, yeah, raucous, it, it does. fat beats type of thing. Yeah, it's definitely ahead of its, ahead of its time. And also going down like the Pharaoh Monch, like, uh, you know, debate that we're just having there, because I do, I do like him. I, I, like when he was at Raucous, there was a couple of tracks he did which were really good, and then there's some other stuff. I thought, oh no. And then some of his more recent albums have been really good, but I never, I, d I don't know why, I never felt inclined to go back and listen to the organised confusion stuff. And I'm really pleased that I have because I can now see why people do hold him in such high esteem because he, he is a better rap rapper than Prince Poe. Um, you know, I think there are a couple of tracks when Prince Poe kind of does hold his own. I think uh, even on the first, was it on the first track or the second track? Like Prince Poe's even like taking the mickey out of himself saying like, you know, I'm, I'm actually getting to rap first on this track. I don't normally, not normally right. allowed. Um, I can't remember which one it, one, mm. which one it is. Probably Walk Into The Sun. No, I didn't um, pick up on that. But yeah, yeah I, I just think, I just love the creativity. I think they bounce off each other really well. Um, you know, there's good back and forth. They they're just, I don't know, it's just the creativity for me. It just, this feels like a, like they were, they were really kind of going out there in 1991 and doing something that, that you know. Yeah, that, it just, it feels a little bit earnest yeah. to me. In, in what way? I don't know, just in, in, in exactly that way. I think like with um, Harry Munch, I just think sometimes I'll give it a rest, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, like just being a bit too... I think it, it's but. it's a bit it's a bit cool, Keith, for me, and that's why I, that's why I thought Steve would like it. Yeah. Why you yeah. and I, Danny, wouldn't yeah. like it so much? A bit, yeah. it's that kind of super scientifical kind of, like you say, a bit clever for its own good, and it, it is in it. It's really innovative for the time, but I just don't particularly like it. It's funny because I, I obviously sounded a bit negative on it, but I actually really do like this album. I, I, I was really, I really enjoyed it listening to it. Um, and it, it's it's funny that you also that you say about it sounding like it was ahead of its time. Like for me, it sounds very much of its era. It sounds very much like a nineteen ninety one album. I think it's lyric, lyrically ahead of its time. lyrically ahead of its time. Yeah, musically, musically, it's very much of its time. It's the sort Definitely. of album I can imagine hearing on, you know, Pete Tong's rap show or something like that yeah. with those kind of fast up tempo beats it's yeah. it's far, yeah the fast bpm it's very chaotic lots of sounds and samples going on very energetic lots of things coming in and out um and that, yeah that wasn't like typical of 91 like like the, the albums that we would have liked in 91 i think like, well more kind of like obscure underground albums this this definitely would not have felt out of place being released in like 96 97 
You think? I just think there's kind of there's a bait. There's a sort of the sound of some of the drums and some of the bass lines and some of the drum programming as well have a, have quite a, a I think it's very feel. I think it's very 91 yeah and it's, got, it's got it's got that kind of um oh it's almost a little bit bomb squaddy Dr yeah. Dre kind of lots of different things going on what I, what I do think is really commendable about it is that they rarely just stick with the same main sample throughout a song like they switch it up for different like for verses and choruses and things like that yeah and that's good but that's not massive like if, if you compare that to like you know bomb squad type production it's not and uh, you know and, and prince paul and people like that it's not it wasn't uncommon to be doing that kind of thing back then so i think musically it's quite of its time yeah i think it's i think it's the lyricism and the verbal kind of dexterity that elevates it but yeah. just not in a way that i re- personally really like yeah yeah so no, it's, it's, it, it, all, it all seems a bit it's it seems a bit it's very heavily influenced by that big daddy kane rakim kind of rhyming style and flow and just fast mm. and yeah just, they, 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 the wordplay is quite clever isn't it they're really into kind of that but the um i i do have some criticisms i mean i, I think it starts the album starts really well um, but then like probably from like organized confusion on to the end it's not as strong and i really don't like the tracks about chickens that just doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't just seem to just doesn't fit on the album i don't know just I, that's the only tracks i skip back because there's there's the remix and the and the original i just think it's i just think it's annoying yeah i think, the, I think the remix is probably quite good the chicken the chicken song yeah well as again it uses the skull snaps break isn't it the old yeah. that's that break beat once again um yeah i mean it's 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 funny it's like to me it has the feeling of other 1991 albums that i kind of i loved and i probably would have considered it a classical to loved it had i had it back then um, right. like you say larry bomb squaddy public enemy kind of almost this other stuff like second to none and, and things like that just with stuff coming in and out and changing samples and i think Prin- prince paul's probably the closest principle yeah sort of yeah that sort thing. of thing just very creative very eccentric sort of sound and and restless as well just lots of different sounds coming in but yeah the one one thing i did was surprised by that it was more musical than i expected it to be like on right. fudge pudge for instance there's like keys yeah. and then there's a lot of piano player and there's guitar in there and there's all that sort of stuff so that was something i didn't quite expect that was, that's probably um, the best track on there i think Fudge yeah. Pudge. and funnily enough I, I would agree and also funnily enough the first ever sort of contact with um organized confusion that i ever had was on oc's album um, right. word life because they produced i think they produced the first track on that okay. and then he's on fudge pudge that, yeah. um yeah as a, as a sort of guest guest rapper and he's you can tell he's a young oc because he's got a sort of his voice sounds higher and that sort of thing he's a bit more energetic he's a bit more naive but you can still hear it it's sort of definitely him yeah um and how he, you could hear how he would develop going forward but yeah fudge pudge is for me probably the, one of the best tracks on the album um you know love, i love that piano for me it's, it really sounds like trends of culture and you know how i f- feel about that group um yeah so it had that kind of vibe for me but yeah fudge pudge is really nice walk into um, the sun's good as well yeah i think it's the got... first first three tracks are all really good isn't it? yeah yeah steely, walk into the sun. steely dan sample on, there. on which one on Walking to the Sun. Oh, nice. It's uh, Green Earrings by Steely Dan. Oh, nice. I was wondering about that. Yeah, I love which the is, on which, that, which again is a bit, like Steely Dan are quite a um, like a Prince Paulie kind of thing to 
to sample. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, lot, lots going on in, in that in that track and on, on the production. The, the one that I really don't like, I, and I, I bet this is Steve's favourite, is uh, releasing hypnotical <laughs> gases. I just yeah. don't like that rapping style of oh. sort of. Um, I love it. It's How grimy. It's grimy. It, really, it, it really suits very much that track. I think it's perfect. I've got oh, yeah. I've got very 1991 written down on this one. Fast paced beat and rapping. And I've got I thought the lyricism was pretty great on this album. To be honest with you, um, yeah, very I, sort of... this, this is where I think we we always differ. It's just that I think I listen to these tracks completely different to you. And I, I think yeah, because in my notes I put this doesn't sound like 1991 to me. I'm like, what's this? Is just like it's blowing my mind that this was released in 1991. It's like, I think releasing hypnotical gases is quite forward thinking definitely yeah, but it's just that it's, beat it's a very like quick fast beat like a lot of drums going true. on yeah, like, yeah fast like they would yeah. sort of thing they would throw in i can't but, i yeah. can't i can't fault his skills at all it's just a personal thing for me i don't like munch's voice and i can't that's to me it's just a just a deal breaker really if you don't like a a person's voice like a rapper or a singer's voice then there's not much to you can't really like, get uh, around that yeah from a purely, purely technical point of view, now you, you you appreciate the, the skill of the rapping. They both yeah. rap good. Barry Munch is is the best is the best rapper. I can see why so good. I can I can, I would I would concede that point. I, I think that's that's it's hard to argue against that. But he's really been, good, really advanced for the time. It's just not just not for me. But musically, it's 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 it's, it's a good album as well. You know, if you're comparing it to Prince Paul, that's a that's a compliment, isn't it? I think so. I mean, I personally, I'm not. I'm not like as we've discussed before. I'm not the biggest De La Soul fan. I think they're really overrated, and I would kind of put this in like I would quite happily say that this is as good as their kind of first couple of albums. I, I, one of those, one of those albums. I, I can see the appeal, but it just doesn't appeal to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, any other standouts for you, Steve? Yeah, uh, Rush Side of Town. I think that's that's got a nice kind of smooth and mellow beat, and then the, the kind of rapping matches that really well. Um, it's quite and, a menacing uh, beat on that. Quite one, a menacing. It's the North Carolina break. Les McCann, all you sample spotters out there. Um, yeah, okay. they, I mean that's one of the many times that break's been used as well. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like Rush Side of Town. I think that's a really nice, um, really nice energy to it. I love Open Your Eyes as well. That's a real earworm. I can't get that out of my head at the minute. Just got the. Yeah. I've got yeah it's a, that's a great track as well and it's a it's a Herbie Hancock sample chameleon on that one and I the minute I heard it I recognized it but I couldn't place it so I had to do a bit of sort of digging and, and look it look it up and it's part of the chameleon track that they don't normally use they normally use the beginning bit with the bass line um but it's a nice bit later on in the track that they've sampled on that one so yeah that really appealed to me like a bit of Herbie Organized confusion. We talked about organized confusion. I think that's. I quite like that one. Um, it's got hard drums, funky bass line. The bass line kind of sounds quite live. Uh, a bit of a party jam. And again, I've got something Pete Tong might have played. That's a bit yeah, of a theme. De- de- definitely. A bit yeah, of a that, theme. There's a lot of danceable kind of tracks on there, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. And also, I don't know if you noticed, but um, on the track intro, which weirdly is the second to last track. It's got the vocal bit that's sampled by Dell on Whack MCs. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought, oh, I know that. Yeah, um, it's nice when that pops up. Yeah, that nice one and a, and a cool on the gang drum break as well. Um, but yeah, I like that one towards the end. But yeah, overall, I think it's um, 
I just it's one of those again like we say this every time but you know one of those that had we had it back in the day we might have thought a bit differently I also think just compared to the type of stuff that I really loved back in 91 I like the harder kind of music like the public enemy NWA that kind of that kind of sound I don't think I would have this would have massively appealed to me back then to no. be honest if you look, I mean, just like, you know, Death Certificate, Apocalypse yeah. 91, Del Funky Emma Sapien album, Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, like these are all much better albums, I think. Low End Theory. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like, Ethel for Zagging, like they're just all, like, I, I, they, it doesn't compare to any of those. There's a lot me. of good competition on, in that year and I think probably got lost yeah. in the noise. So that's Organised Confusion. Um, join us in a minute when we'll come back. We're going to uh, vote for which one we want to be our winner. Join us in a minute. Okay, welcome back to Hip Hop World Cup, uh, where we've been discussing um, the Intelligent Hoodlum album, Tragedy Saga of a Hoodlum, and uh, Organised Confusion. Um, it's been a lively debate, chaps, um, but now we're ready to talk about um, which one we want to be our winner. Um, so, using the true score system was interesting on this one, some, some interesting numbers. Chaps, Steve, what, what, uh, what are your numbers looking like? So my um, my true score for um, Intelligent Hoodlum uh, came out as uh, 3.2. So um, you know I think that's probably pretty fair reflection, pretty pretty you know just a bit better than than average, I guess. Yep. So that, Larry, what are your numbers looking like for Intelligent Hoodlum? Um, quite similar, a little bit better. My Intelligent Hoodlum was uh, 3.36. Interesting. Mine works out at uh, 3.15. Okay. So this is, it's a, uh, a 3.2, isn't it? Average score. Yeah. Yeah, interesting that we've all kind of arrived at similar yeah. kind of it's, it's, scores. It's, it's got a couple of... It's got two fours in it. For, no, sorry, it's got three fours in there, which is what elevates it. It's, it's got a few twos as well. And I think that reflects the debate as well. We were, we were broadly in agreement. Yeah, I've got... I've got four fours and a five in mine, so mine's kind of a five. Bloody hell! Yeah. Posse, the posse. Yeah, but it's, it's not such well. a five. Such a, the absolute classic. It's not five. It, yeah, uh, five, that is to me. That is to me. Is, I love the world it. World is yours. No, no. Yeah, but some of these tracks are my are as good as world, world is yours to me. Yeah, I'm not going by what the rap world in general think no, about these. Sure, I'm thinking sure about what I think. Um, but yeah, um, so that's that's kind of what brought mine up. What did you give um, organized confusion then, Steve? Um, it got 3.4, which was um, not as high as I expected, actually, because um, I, I initially thought Intelligent Hoodlum was going to be my favourite album on the first listen through. Organised Confusion just got better and better every time I listened listen to it. But actually, when I scored it, I only got 3.4. But I, I feel like I'd want to do like, I'd want to elevate that manually. Do you have the option to do that within the true score? I don't know if the desktop Listen. version allows you to do that. It's, it keeps asking to access my photos. Like, <laughs> keep so. yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful with that. I think um, it's at least a 3.5 album, definitely. And remind me what you gave um, the other one? 3.2. 3.2. So on paper, and this is not binding, on paper, your better album was Organised Confusion. Yeah. But I should just point out to you, everybody at home, it's the, these are not binding. We don't have to go by the true scores. Okay, so when we when it comes to vote, Larry, what did you give Organised Confusion? Organised Confusion was a two point eight. Two point eight. So yeah, on paper your winner would be uh, Intelligent Hoodlum. Yeah. So for me, yeah, I mine were actually a lot closer to two scores. I gave um, uh, Organised Confusion three point oh seven compared to three point one five for yeah, it's very close. Intelligent Hoodlum. So it's quite a, a tight one. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are the numbers. Hugely exciting, massive jeopardy here in the studio. Um, your green screen studio, Steve, is going absolutely ballistic with all the numbers and figures behind you. I can see they're just sort of. I see like the bookies taking odds on what's going to win. Um, the vi- vidi printer, vidi printer, smoke coming out of it. Um, this is highly exciting. So let's go for the vote then. Let's see which one is going to win. Um, let's go with you first Larry are you going to go with your numbers or are you going to go yeah I think it's it's probably obvious from the way I've been talking about it like Intelligent Hoodlum just I, I, I just like the overall sound of the album a lot better and I think three point kind of five-ish is, is a you know like 3.36 is what it came out but I think that's pretty fair uh it's you know it's average but it's it's good right lovely stuff so that's one nil to Intelligent Hoodlum. For the sake of Jeopardy, Steve, I'm going to come to you next. Um, Let's find out what your winner is. Are you going to stick with the numbers or are you going to sort of deviate? What's going to happen here? You you two know which way I'm going to go, probably even before the podcast. So I I like both albums, but I'm growing to love Organised Confusion uh, even more. So definitely going to go with with Prince Poe and Ferrymunch. Exciting stuff. So that's one all. Um, It's on a knife edge. Uh, And I think I've, yeah, I've got the casting vote, and I think Crowd on edge of their seats. That absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Some can, people got their heads in there. They can't. They can't bear it. Can't bear it. You cut the tension with a knife here. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to go for intelligent hoodlum. I'm gonna stick with the numbers. That's gonna get my vote. Um, I just. It's one I. You know, slightly biased. I kind of knew the album already, whereas I didn't know Organised Confusion. But I think objectively, weighing the two up, I just think I get a lot more from the Intelligent Hoodlum album. It speaks to me more. It's from an era of hip hop production that I really love and so funkier. much on there. funkier. It's that kind of that typical hip hop production. And, and as an MC, I connect with Intelligent Hoodlum a lot more than I do Pharaoh Munch and Prince Poe. So I think for yeah. that reason, I'm voting for Intelligent Hoodlum, uh, which means it's a 2-1 win. And that is our winner for this second episode of Hip Hop World Cup, the playoffs. Are you happy with that, chaps? No, Crowd's going I've mental. Lost, I've lost again. It's just... Lost again, Steve. Fucking. But you know what? I guess I chose the two albums, so um, I should have um, picked yeah. something that was going to win. Rich. But that's... That's hip hop. It's a cool mistress. Um, and th- in the next episode, I'm going to be choosing the two albums um, that we're going to be putting up against each other. So that should be interesting. Um, so yeah, um, look out for that in the next episode in about another six months. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for now, um, let us know what you think of our winner. You know, hop onto uh, Twitter or Instagram um, at Hip Hop World Cup and just uh, let us know what you thought of the winner. You'd be the first one. You'd be the first ones, but you know, come on. 
somebody has to <laughs> <laughs> share your thoughts on on you know our episodes or 90 sip pop in general um and yeah but but for now until the next episode um we're out peace have we not got john john barnes on the line <laughs> no he's gone <laughs> got fed up <laughs> got a contract with lucas age to yeah settle. yeah he's got to film some more adverts uh, right yeah peace see you later <laughs>